0: Well, look, there's a few people right now very interested in the NRL. Of course, the season opener in America, not that far away. For years and years, the North Sydney Bears have been pushing for re-inclusion at the top level of the code. And it was only recently that the ARL boss, Peter Volandi, said that, "Yep, yep, they should be considered in some form, not as a North Sydney-based team, but in some form as a potential 18th team for the code. But there are other options on the table as well. And the one that's getting a lot of talk is this team based out of Papua New Guinea. Now, PNG's leader, that's the Prime Minister James Arapa. Uh Now, interestingly enough, he's going to be in Australia this week. He's due to address the Parliament, in fact, on Thursday. He'll be the first Prime Minister from PNG to do so. And he will be, no doubt, pushing again for his country to join the NRL with a local team. Now, there's plenty of fanfare at the moment... There's even talk of 600 odd million dollars from DFAT being potentially put on the table to get this over the line, but of course that's more geopolitics than it is anything focused on the logistics of sport. You start putting an 18th rugby league team in Port Moresby, the logistical concerns will obviously worry many. Uh, Somebody who's been writing about this is Dan Walsh, a sports reporter for the Herald. He's on the line, Dan. Good afternoon.
1: G'day, Michael. Thanks for having me.
0: No, my pleasure. Thank you for being there. So, look, the Bears, PNG, even Perth, lots of expansion options on the table, obviously, but all in play. Could we end up here, though, with, say, the PNG Bears?
1: Uh, it's it's certainly been tossed around. I cannot lie on that front. Uh, but, yeah, I can tell you, Michael, um, there, there is a distinction between the two. Um, it's certainly been considered, and the Bears, are they know they won't be you know north sydney the old north the, the north sydney of old no, that's gold. playing in front of the, playing in front of the tree every other weekend you can't do it they know that everyone knows that but png's bid uh, that's headed up by andrew hill who is the ex ceo at canterbury he's a veteran administrator who's been around the game for 20 or 30 years uh, the package that he's putting together is for a png uh a png franchise that basically stands alone, and may they'll they've already got the P and G Hunters who play in the Queenslands, yes. uh, Super Cup. They'll line up with them. Whether they use that logo, that's still to be decided. But it'll be a and G team. It won't. That's the pitch at this stage anyway. It won't be Pacifica. The Bears will have to line up with someone else. Uh, the mighty Newtown Jets, who have uh, had a look at lining up with Perth, they, they won't uh, be going near P and G either. It'll be. Uh, yeah, a team that does effectively represent Papua New Guinea. Yeah.
0: And there's, as you say, some pretty influential people and some pretty big money behind this. And obviously, Anthony Albanese, is in the box seat as the prime minister. Now, he's on the record uh, talking about mm. this being potentially a, a very good political move by the Australian government as China tries to muscle into PNG. But as I said, that, that's geopolitics. And there's talk of 600 million potentially from DFAT being on the line to help sort of grease the wheels. Uh, the, the rugby league as, as an entity would be kind of keen to get their hands on that money, I'd imagine.
1: Well, it is really hard to separate the geopolitics, as much as I'd like to, uh, being a humble sports reporter. It's really quite hard to get away from it in this particular instance, because it is just it is all-encompassing, as we know, in terms of the Pacific region. And you're right, uh, the money that has been talked about, uh, to be fair, Labor hasn't confirmed that $600 million figure.
0: And it would be over 10 Uh, years. Mm.
1: Yeah, of course, yeah. And the other side of it is any sort of funding. This doesn't happen without government funding. That's the reality of it because it does take so much money to set up a rugby league team. And the money just, it's there in PNG through uh, some of the corporations that are being linked to the team, um, some mining and some petroleum companies. But it does need the government interest. And so with that, anyone involved with it, they want to guarantee as well as that money isn't going to disappear if Mm. there's a change in government, which is a very clear point point to make. It's a
0: good point. Just logistically, because rugby league fans will be thinking, oh, it's one thing to go to Vegas for a season opener, it's another thing to head off to Port Moresby for the round 14 clash. Uh, But Mm. uh, the flight from Sydney to Port Moresby, 2,742 kilometres. I mean, Perth's the other place being spoken about. It's 3,290 kilometres from Sydney to Perth. So I, I know it's another country and it, it's another world away. Obviously, Port Moresby, P and G, but it's actually closer to Sydney. It's a lot closer to Brisbane uh, than Perth ever is.
1: There you go. I, I wasn't aware of those numbers, but uh, it, again, it, everyone's aware that this is a genuine logistic cha- logistical challenge. And so, what P and what the P and G did is proposing to start with is that the player players their families, uh, basically the, the operation will be based in Cairns for the first X amount of years. Five years is the rough agreement as to what it would take to kind of get off the ground there, that the team would be based in Cairns and would fly in and out of Port Moresby on a private jet. But the idea is eventually you've got to be you've got to be based in Port Moresby, otherwise you're a PNG team in name only. Yes. And that brings, of course, like that's that brings a whole other range of discussions. How do you recruit players to go live in Port Moresby? Uh, how do you keep them there? It's no one's pretending there aren't these challenges there, but there's also great opportunity because Papua New Guinea is rugby league mad. No one's disputing that, and anyone who's seen the scenes over there when a game's played or has had a chance to go to Papua New Guinea knows that they just live and breathe the yeah, game like yeah. no one else in the world.
0: I think the word is intense. It's pretty intense, Ooh. pretty intimidating for an away side as well. Look, I mean, there, there will be a lot said about this this week. As I said, the Papua New Guinea Prime Minister will be addressing the Australian Parliament on Thursday. This is no doubt front and centre behind the scenes, uh, tying in with all the talk around China and naval bases and everything else. So uh, sport and politics mixing again. It would be fascinating to see where the ARL land. They're expected to make a decision what midway through the year on the expansion, are they?
1: Uh, thereabouts, yeah, certainly by the end of the year at the latest. Uh, because Peter Valandis, God bless him, he wants to he wants the game to grow. And yeah, this is he said himself, Papua New Guinea, a Papua New Guinea franchise is very much the front runner. And then the Mighty Bears ideally getting back in as a nineteenth or twentieth team in some capacity.
0: Great to talk. Time will tell. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Anytime, Michael. Good on you. All the best. Dan Walsh there from the City Morning Herald.